I grew up in Canada. Uh, and so I say grade nine and I do not say ninth grade. Oh. So if you hear me say grade nine, they have not changed the terminology. I just You're just Canadian. <laughs> and it is ninth grade. Yeah. So um, all you listeners, Liz is just Canadian. Yeah, so. Sorry about that. And the A's are wrong too <laughs> as well. So. Hello and welcome to You Matter Here, our Minnesota Transitions Charter School podcast where we elevate the voices of our people, dig deeper into our big ideas, and explore how we show up for ourselves and each other in order to make magic happen. I am your host, Wendy Lorenz Walraven, the Director of Equity and Diversity here at MTCS. My hope is that as we spend time together, we will have an opportunity to explore three key questions. Who am I? Who are we? And who are we to each other? as it is the intersection of these questions that informs the assumptions we make, drives our behavior, and impacts our relationships with ourselves and with others. Welcome back, listeners, to You Matter Here, our Minnesota Transitions Charter School podcast. In the studio with us today, we have Liz Edwards and Hannah Ramsey to discuss some elements that seem critical to the success of ninth grade students, whether learning online or in person. In my 20 plus years in education, I have again and again seen ninth graders that struggle during such a critical year in high school. Developmentally, there is so much at play, right? 14 and 15 year olds are a swirly mix of social, emotional, and behavioral dynamics mixed with increased autonomy, higher workloads, and the propensity for impulsivity. (laughs) What could go wrong? (laughs) Additionally, I think students and supporting adults often approach ninth grade as a soft launch, while the actual structure sets the stage for future outcomes like graduation. So today, we will hear from Liz Edwards, one of our language arts teachers at Minnesota Virtual Schools, who is able to really break down what some of the common misconceptions and barriers to graduation are for ninth graders. Um, So first, Liz, would you mind just sharing a little bit about yourself and how you joined our community? Uh, My name is Liz Edwards. I have been teaching for almost 20 years, so rolling around for 20 years as well. Been with MTCS for uh, 10, 11 years, done a, a bit in special education and a bit in English. I have my own family. I have my own teenagers. I can certainly back the idea of impulsivity and and not always the best choices as they grow into the people they're going to become. Um, and I love hockey, yes. which is not really relevant to grade nine, but it's a passion. It's relevant to you. Yeah. And we like it. <laughs> Go Oilers. <laughs> awesome. Um, thank you, Liz, for being here today. I really appreciate it. Uh, so we also have Hannah Ramsey, our school counselor at Benadier Academy, who will share insights on some specific supports and strategies she uses when engaging ninth graders in building their high school plan. Hannah, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself and how you joined our MTCS community? Of course. Thank you. Um, yeah, so my name is Hannah Ramsey. I'm the counselor at Benadier Academy, so currently working with 5th through 12th graders. Um, this is my second year here, as well as my second year in Minnesota. I'm a transplant. Um, I'm originally from Idaho, and I was a counselor prior to this for about five years um, at a comprehensive high school in Oregon. So um, this is a new-to-me um kind of being in a charter school and, um, you know, a different kind of setup being, you know, you know, with more student or less students, different ages, (laughs) 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 wider spread. Um, but yeah, so I'm really enjoying being here and, you know, getting to know this school community. 
Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for, for being here. And I don't think that I knew that you originated from Idaho. Oh, yeah. Whereabouts in Idaho? I'm going to ask as though I know any place other than like Boise. Boise. But. Yeah, I'm from Boise. Okay, <laughs> you <Yes>. got it. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Um, so again, thank you both so much for being here today. And you're just you're willing to share your insights with us. Um, our hope is that we can provide at least one takeaway that empowers both young people and the adults that love them to lay a solid foundation for educational success. So let's get curious and dive into our questions today. So the first question is, why is ninth grade so important? Uh, so this is like, like a passion of mine for ninth graders. I feel like we don't get this information out to the families early enough, soon enough for them to know. There's a huge switch in how you're building towards graduation. K through eight runs on one program where we're looking at the whole child moving forward, gaining success and continuing to move forward with their class. When you get into high school, that switches to graduation credits. And so it becomes an entirely different playing field that I don't feel we do a great job letting our community know. And so for me, grade nine is critical in understanding that each piece is a part of a puzzle that you must have. And a lot of students feel like, well, as long as I get it sorted out by grade 12, I'm okay. But grade nine actually waits as much, if not more, in your success in the future than grade 12 when by grade 12, you do kind of have your ducks in a row. And then that makes it really hard for those 12th graders who didn't have it at grade nine. So it's a big passion that, that everybody knows coming in that, that grade nine is your grade. Like, we need you. We need you in your seats. We need you wanting to try. Yeah, for sure. I th I love that the the thinking around like sort of the metaphor about it being kind of a puzzle and like you getting you know imagine getting to the end of your of your of your puzzle and finding out that you're missing a really critical piece of that. There's not much you can do at that point, right? And I think again, like when we think about we can get everything sort of situated, and as long as we get it done by the time graduation comes, that we can kind of make up for lost time. Um, and it's really about trying to create those foundational pieces that are so critical that you really need in each each part of the, the your time here in high school. So Hannah, how about for you? Why is ninth grade important yeah, from your perspective? I, yeah, I agree with everything you guys are both saying. Um, ninth grade definitely is a predictor, um, like how well students are doing academically is definitely a predictor for how they'll do um, throughout high school and then beyond. And yeah, in addition to graduation, um, I hope to <laughs> share the information with my ninth graders um, repeatedly um, through lots of different avenues that, you know, what they're doing now, it might seem so far away from college and career and, you know, internships, anything that they're doing post-secondary, um, but truly what they're doing in ninth grade and even before is setting them up for success, um, whether it be getting, you know, a good GPA that they can get, um, you know, free college paid for or um, opening up different opportunities for, um, you know, whatever program it is that they're interested in after. Those are always some of my hardest conversations, especially at a comprehensive high school. At my last job was I had over 450 students, like just on my caseload alone. And you don't have a chance to sit down with every student and like, set up a specific plan. So, you know, having those conversations in 11th and 12th grade when it's like a little too late for them to kind of turn things around, that's one thing that I really enjoy, you know, being at Benadier in a smaller school and district is I truly get to know each of those students, you know, when we have a class of like 
you know, under 30, I can, I can sit down with every student and talk with them, you know, multiple times a year with families, um, and prepare them in elementary and middle school so that hopefully when they get to ninth grade, they know like the repercussions and everything they need to do to be successful. Yeah. And you have a really unique opportunity because you, you know, typically have access to those students from fifth grade on, right? So by the time you're having those conversations in ninth grade, it's probably not the first time that they've had those conversations with you, right? Like as you're able to sort of prepare them through seventh grade, through eighth grade, um, I think, you know, when we we have our, our high school programs that do have access to middle school students, that we can do a little bit of that, that prep work for um, that's different and, and much more individualized than we think about, you know, young people who are just like entering a whole new high school in a whole new year, with all new people. And we're like, good luck. It's really important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it is, I mean, whether or not they remember it from year to year and every time that we bring it up with them and their families. But like, yeah, I try and repeat the information as much as possible. Last year I was in every seventh and eighth grade English class giving different lessons on like trying to relate what they're doing now and how that relates to their success in high school and beyond. And yeah, I think reiterating that and trying to like drive it home, you know, every year, especially with families included, hopefully by the time that they get there, it's, you know, drilled in. Yeah. And I also think about, you know, kind of the responsibility that we have as educators to, like you said, Liz, you know, so many people don't know this information. And so how can we really be advocates for this information for young people so that it isn't a big surprise and it isn't a surprise at moments in time when, you know, there there feels like there's little they can do about it. Um, I remember having a, a conversation with a a young person that I love very deeply in my life who was not going to school, not necessarily doing the things that they needed to be doing, not uh, doing the work, mostly because they felt it was too easy, right? Like you you definitely get kids that are just like, I'm not being challenged. (laughs) I like learning outside of the classroom. Um, And I remember having a conversation about how important it is not to close doors for yourself later, right? Like it's very hard for a young person to sort of see the things that I'm doing today might very well close doors that I really want open for me in four years, (laughs) right? And, And it's hard for anybody to do that. So we are expecting young people to kind of do some miraculous thinking when it comes to understanding how their behavior impacts later. Um, but I think that is part of our job, right, is, is being able to prepare young people for what that what that looks like. Um, would you say that middle school is a predictor of high school success? I definitely think that that might be a, con- you know, a conception people have. I do think it's a conception that people have, but it's actually not accurate. Mm. Um, so grade nine is a fresh start and it's a fresh start in many ways. So how you do in middle school will place you in classes that will set you up for success when you reach grade nine. So obviously any student or family out there do not toss middle school to the ground. There's a lot of good learning that happens there. But if you're on the other side of that spectrum and you're hearing this and you're thinking, oh my gosh, my student's not doing well in middle school, grade nine is a fresh start. And an active student, a student who comes in wanting to be in a different place at the end of grade nine than they are at the end of grade eight, really does have the option to get in the right classes to make up some of that learning gaps or mislearning, if you want to call it. Um, attendance is your predictor for grade nine. If, if you're here, we can help you. Mm-hmm. I agree with um that you know the aspect that ninth grade is a fresh start um and one thing I especially talk to like the middle schoolers about is 
you know, the habits that they're building now and how that can, you know, either harm them or set them up for success when they get to ninth grade and how to like try and position themselves the best. Um, you know, they are build, building habits, whether that's, you know, they're sleeping <laughs> um, and if they're procrastinating on their homework and things like that, um, but also like learning skills for like self-advocacy, um, you know, being able to ask for help when they need it. Um, if they're building relationships with their peers and their teachers and staying connected to the school, um, all those different types of things, you know, in addition to obviously learning the content and preparing themselves for, you know, ninth grade and high school in general. But yeah, I think also there are, there's a lot to be said for like what they're doing in seventh and eighth grade and how that kind of shapes them in, you know, a way to be successful for high school. But it is interesting that ninth grade predicts high school. So eighth grade does not, predict your success in ninth grade but how you do in ninth grade predicts your chances of graduation obviously there's opportunity to turn things around but students who have a good ninth grade year are like 90 percent likely to graduate on time wow. and so defining a good a good academic year is exactly those soft skills that hannah just brought up right asking for help advocating attendance I'm going to say that over and over again, being here and then um, like a growth mindset. And that's really hard to come in with if in middle school it hasn't been a great fit for you to come in in grade nine and be like, I'm going to be different. I'm going to try. My absolute favorite quote in life is that failure is the path to success. So if middle school was a failure, that's okay, but you have to kind of reflect and, and see where you can open yourself up to take some risks. And I really do think the biggest risk is self-advocacy and attendance. Mm -hmm. Giving yourself that opportunity for success is scary, but if you do that in grade nine, you can predict your success for grade 10, 11, and 12, which is a huge piece. Yeah. Yeah. I think being in communication and in connection with the people that you're in within a learning community is, is one of the best predictors for success, right? Like even if you need to miss a class, being in communication with your teacher about it and about what you may have missed or what you might need to adjust is like, I, I have yet to meet a teacher who isn't willing to be flexible to meet the needs of a young person when it's in the best interest of a young person, right? Um, but it's young people's fear of asking and fear of being in communication with people to, again, advocate for themselves, to say, to, you know, provide more context for their situation. Um, that, that really is a barrier to, to some of that, right? Like how many times have you talked to a young person who's, um, overwhelmed because things are snowballing and you're like, have you just talked to your teacher about it? And they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Um, so, again, I think, you know, my hope, too, is if we have educators that are listening as we sort of talk through some of these um, important, you know, sort of skills and habits that that young people can build that we think about, how do we intentionally teach them um, and offer, again, a space for for kids to try to fail and to try again differently. Right. Because that is a lot of what. Um, freshman year is about it's trying new things trying to understand how you are a student how do you study how do you time management all of that um, which has never necessarily been a super part of your responsibility before <laughs> um, when you think about these habits or think about specific behaviors that young people do that lead towards success what are some key things that students can do to help make school work for them um 
Yeah, I... In addition, yeah, I mean, Liz is right, like, <laughs> attending, being there every day. Right. Um, and yeah, huge, <laughs> yeah, and what we're talking about in terms of, like, soft skills, I'm just thinking about, like, I co-teach right now a college and career class um, with one of our social studies teachers, and we have ninth through 12th graders. It's just an elective they can choose. And in addition to, like, exploring different career types and looking at, you know, um, job training and what that looks like and different universities and all that types of stuff, we're also, like, literally practicing you know, turn to a friend and how would you, if they were your teacher, like, how would you ask, you know, when's a good time to talk about my grade? And, you know, questions like that, like how to write a professional email, things like that, that I think will lend a hand um, so much as they are asking for support and hopefully give them the confidence to be able to, you know, utilize resources and ask for help when they need it. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I think is, yeah, when you go to high school, um, you know, obviously at Benadir, they're basically in the same hallway and with the same teachers as the same for seventh and eighth grade. But I know, you know, when I was in a comprehensive high school, it's a huge transition for students to be in an entirely new building, you know, with a lot more students and you do have this newfound autonomy. So, you know, having all of those skills to reach out um, and know the resources that are available to you, um, checking your grades daily, being there on time always. I mean, yeah, it seems very basic, but like... (laughs) I think those are a lot of the things. Yeah. And it really, I think, empowering young people to be like, this is your education. (laughs) So stay on top of it. Be curious about it. Ask questions about it. Be in communication with the people that you're learning from. I guess the things, too, that, like, I think some families are not as aware of kind of how the school is set up, right? What Mm -hmm. is a quarter date? Why is that important? What is a semester date? How does my GPA calculate? And where does this go? Um, Obviously, a lot of detail that we wouldn't delve deeper into here. But knowing as a family, when the quarter dates are knowing as a family, who your six teacher kids are, right? Not just the student knowing, but the family knowing, like building those connections together, I think is a huge part of success at school. Counting on a grade nine child to have six classes organized, complete, and doing well is extraordinarily lucky. Like that's a (laughs) rare ninth grader. That is not what we see as a typical ninth grader. Um, You know, ask your eighth grader today, name all your teachers. Some of them might struggle. Uh, so I think just kind of a big part of school success is this idea that the family's in it, the students in it, and the teachers are in it. And those three groups need to be connected. Mm-hmm. And email and text do seem to be a lot more comfortable ways for people to communicate. So I know um, with our program, we have some in-class seat-based instruction, and we have some virtual instruction. But my students are also, my kids are also in a seat-based instruction and they email and text their teachers. Mm-hmm. And so that is an avenue. So I, I just want to say that for the families, like what's most important is that you ask the question, mm-hmm. right? And, and the question can be as simple as, I'm concerned about how my kid is doing. What are your thoughts, mm-hmm. right? You don't have to come in with previous knowledge, but you do need to come in with the idea that the teacher is there to support your child and give the best assumption that the teacher's doing the best they can. Nobody joins the teaching career to not teach, 
And so give the assumption that the teachers are doing the best they can and start that conversation with how can we help my kid get a little farther down the road? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And starting those conversations early. Right. And and I think, you know, ideally you're starting those conversations at the very beginning of the year. And so the conversations are much more about how can I best you know support my my kid um, and how can I support what you're doing here at school? Um, you know, and hopefully that those conversations are started before an issue even arises. But certainly um, if when concerns, you know, do come up that, you know, who to reach out to, because, again, it's it's our responsibility all the time to be able to be available to be in partnership with our families, with our communities, with all of the people that our, our young people are interacting with. Uh, so, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. I also think in addition to what you're saying of like families and staff and students all being connected is one um, major thing that um, I feel like is a big predictor of students having success at school is being connected to like their school and community. So if there's athletics that they can get involved in, if there's clubs or after school programs, when students like feel connected to their teachers and have these relationships, they are more successful academically and in other aspects of life. What are some key things that teachers and staff can do to help students stay engaged? The question of the year, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I do. I mean, back to like relationships, I think building relationships is so huge for students. If you want, if you want them to listen to you, I think first they have to, you know, kind of like you and (laughs) care about what you're saying and, you know, know that you're on their team and wanting what's best for them. Uh, As the counselor, I'm in a unique position where like, that's my job is I get to like build those relationships inside and outside the classroom. So, um, sometimes that gives me an advantage of, you know, I'm not the one always telling them something's due or that they're not paying attention in class. Um, And so, you know, I really value what a relationship piece can kind of bring, um, you know, from a staff member to a student in general. So I am the one telling them what to do and (laughs) turning it in. Yeah, how's it go? It goes well. Great. Um, And actually, I think this is something that we as teachers can do a better job of. I am surprised of how many students every year in 20 years teaching, I'm surprised of how many students don't actually understand where their grade is coming from. Mm -hmm. And I am not a grade based teacher as in you must get an A in my class. Uh, For me, when I walk into a classroom, I want to see my students ability grow. That's that's my goal. But the Department of Education says you must achieve 60 percent to be given this puzzle piece. And if you don't, you're going to have to do that class over and over and over again. That's how high school works. Uh, across Minnesota, there are specific classes that you have to pass. And if you don't get over that 60%, then you will not be given credit for it. It will not go into your your puzzle piece of graduation. And you'll have to take it. I have 12th graders currently taking English 9A because they did not pass that. So... The other piece of this is they'll move you on to English 9B. So the way that high school works is 9A, 9B, 10A, 10B. So they'll move you on to 9B and you'll feel like you have that puzzle piece, but you don't. You have a hole in that puzzle piece because you weren't over 60%. And so I feel like because there is this standard by the Department of Education, we as teachers need to be crystal clear on how your grade is developed and where you're sitting at as frequently as possible because that's a huge piece. Obviously, the teacher me wants to see these kids grow and develop a love. 
I teach English, so I'd love to see them grow, develop a love for critical thinking, reading, writing, any of those. Um, that's a beautiful part of my day when I see that passion start. But the most important part of my day is making sure that my kids are getting these puzzle pieces because graduation is a massive part of success in our current culture mm -hmm. for after school. And it's unfair that some kids have this knowledge of how a grade is made or what I need to pass or how important it is to pass or do I really have to pass grade nine? And some kids don't. Right. So for us as a community, I feel like this should be a passion, making sure that kids are aware of how close they are or how possible they can. It's a crime to me if you see a kid get in that 50 to 60% range mm -hmm. and not mm -hmm. over it. It's just sad. Yeah. Yeah, that's the true partnership, right? It's like, how do we get there together? How do we get past the the over the 60% um, piece. And part of that is like, how are we making education and content relevant to our young people so that it makes sense when they're, you know, integrating our learning into um, the rest of what matters to them for sure. Um, what is one thing that a supporting adults can do to increase their, their students' success at school? So when you think about all of the people who love young people, and are rooting for them to do well in school. What is one thing that they can do to help support that? Well, I can certainly promise you that you probably can't do the homework anymore. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have a high school student and the math that she is attempting is well beyond my skill set. Uh, so like doing the homework is a big fear, I think, for families. Like I won't be able to help my kids, so I don't want to ask my kid mm -hmm. about it. Um, I think... The two, well, the three things families can do is one is have a time to check in about school daily and ask some open-ended questions, not just, you know, how was school today? Good. Yep. Great. It's gone. Right. I like to ask my kids, what was your best moment today? Mm. What was the moment that frustrated you today? So I don't ask all the questions all at once, but like each day I will ask kind of a pinpointed question. And then um, we sit down, My as a family, we sit down and we look at our grade books together so that everybody has an understanding of where we're at. And there's like a lot of miscommunication and then we just have to dig through it and, and figure it out. So it's not easy and it doesn't make sense. And, and I have teenagers too that tell me they turned in things and guess what, they didn't. And so, I mean, the reality is though, is those conversations let my kids know as a family, so we're speaking from the, I'm speaking as a family parent here, those conversations let my kids know that I'm engaged in what they're doing for nine hours of their day. Mm -hmm. And if you're not engaged in what they're doing for nine hours of their day, then you're sending the message that it doesn't matter those nine hours. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't need to be a lengthy conversation, but a check-in I think is really important. And then having your kid attend school as many days as possible and some days that's hard. I get it. But even just saying go and try until lunch and I'll check in with you at lunch could garner a full day of school because it's okay once they're here. Mm, right. Yeah. No, I think that's amazing. Um, yeah. Encouraging those types of conversations, I think, between students and families is um, 
you know, a key to success. Um, very like simple things is like making sure that families have access to see their students' grades and attendance at home so that they can see and ask those questions. They can see if there's a missing assignment as well and, you know, sit down and even if they can't help answer all the questions, you know, try and help them work through it or um, help reach out to, you know, the teacher or counselor or someone at the school um, for support if they have questions. Um, I think attending, you know, family event nights. Um, that's where we go over a lot of those things with families. Like I will, you know, very clearly spell things out. There's, you know, no dumb questions. And if students, you know, are coming from a family that, um, maybe they weren't, um, you know, they immigrated from somewhere else or they're a first generation student. They don't have always that social capital, like knowing exactly the answers to all these questions. Um, so trying to provide people an opportunity um, and hoping that they utilize it. Um, things like, you know, setting some different rules at home, like no cell phones, you know, a few hours before bed, trying to make sure that they get eight to 10 hours of sleep, not calling them out of school if they're not you know, if it's not an emergency, not calling them when they're in class. <laughs> um, if it's not an emergency, I think um, just some things like that, like, you know, it seems basic, but, you know, trying to support families and um, making those decisions with their students. Yeah, for sure. It seems laborious, but again, we're focusing in on this grade nine, right? So imagine as a family, if, if you decide, okay, we're going to make this a focal point of, of this year of your life. School mm-hmm. is going to be a focal point of this, of this year. Um, and many families have different hours and outside hours. And sometimes they don't see their, their kids as frequently as they would like, because that's what life demands. But I just really would encourage you to use any Avenue to say for grade nine, this is going to be a focal point in our house. And when we do connect or however we connect, I'm going to ask some questions and and we're going to look at this together because I, I really do believe that if you get a grade nine student rolling forward in the right direction, then grade 10, 11, and 12 just kind of falls in line. And, you know, then it's about celebrating the success of your child. So there's a lot of work put in that grade nine year. It's kind of like you have a baby again, and then, (laughs) then you can go forward and, and, and reap the benefits if you're able to make, grade nine a focal year for the family and um, I definitely know there are challenges around that being a focal uh, situation but that's what I would say to families is is find that time in grade nine let your kids know this is your chance like this this is where we're going to grow from and this year is actually really important Mm -hmm. yeah and I think again trying to you know allow yourself as you know, adult trying to support a young person to, you just don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know the highest level of math in order to be supportive of someone finding the answers that they need. And I think, um, we have, again, a lot of fears about that of like, what if I can't answer the very specific question about this social studies question that my student has, right? Um, and, and instead of worrying about the answers that we don't have, we can just model what finding answers looks like. Um, and we can model what advocating looks like. And really, and, and again, kind of to your point, Liz, like just sort of showing this year matters so much for setting the stage for the rest of, of your high school career in which you will then get all of that autonomy and being able, you know, I remember when I was, I think a 
a junior, a sophomore, a junior, and I like changed my my whole schedule. My parents didn't find out until the end of the semester when I got a different report card than the classes I was in, and they were like, "What? what like, where? Why didn't we even know about it?" I'm like, "Well, I didn't. I didn't need you to. Like, I, these are the classes I needed in order to get the things that I, um, you know, wanted to accomplish in high school, and I worked with my counselor to get." the things shifted, right? Like, but I felt empowered to do that because I had already laid a foundation um, uh, that was that was really critical for, for my trajectory in high school as well. And I just want to say one thing that I can't do my kids' homework is often beyond my skill set. Uh, so our strategy that we use at home is we circle the questions that we know we need to talk to our teachers about mm-hmm. and um, then we text ourselves those sets of numbers. So just a tip for families around. I mean, we don't get the answers that night. What we get is a solution for self-advocacy the next day. Yes. Yep, absolutely. And I think too, you know, young people hopefully can find a little relief in knowing that like, it isn't just that you don't know this information. Like this is a really specific question that just isn't necessarily general knowledge until we've learned it and we get to do that together. Um, in kind of closing, do you do either one of you have any just sort of stories of students who are really succeeding or any sort of points of celebration? I know we just recently had some great graduations and things like that with young people going off and doing wonderful things, but anything come to mind? Yeah, I mean, all of them, honestly. <laughs> I also one. feel like I get so emotional when I talk about like kids that are doing so well. Um, but yeah, being at the school I'm at, it is 100% um, students that identify as Somali, and a large majority of them aren't born in America, and so their families don't speak um, English most of the time. So really, they're navigating a lot of this on their own, Um and so, yeah, I think we were really excited at the end of last year to have all of our graduating seniors enroll in some type of post-secondary, um, because I do think it's important, obviously, like we want our students to do so well in ninth grade that all of the options are available to them when they graduate, that they, you know, can get financial aid and these grants and scholarships and things like that, that they can get into the program or university that they want. Um, but maybe some of them struggled in ninth grade, or maybe they weren't even here in ninth grade. Maybe they spent a year in Africa and missed, you know, an entire section and had to catch up. Um, and I, yeah, I want it to be clear, you know, that there is still an option for student, any student, regardless of, you know, how successful they are in high school. You can always get into community college. Um, and, you know, it doesn't matter what your GPA is, as long as you have a diploma or a GED. Um, and then that can always, you know, set you on the trajectory of whatever, you know, you have in mind for yourself. So some of, that was the path for some of our students. Um last year, but then we also had students get full ride scholarships to Augsburg or University of Minnesota. Um, and yeah, it's just, they, yeah, I'm so proud of all of them. I know, they're really great. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite was when we had the senior class go and talk to, I think it was the fourth graders. Yeah, yeah, they did a grad walk. They all wore their um, caps and gowns and walked through the elementary school. Yeah, it's so sweet. Yeah, I know. And their advice was, do your work. (laughs) Do your work. Start now. Solid advice. Attend school, do your work. Uh, I always have, I mean, every year there's a few students that, that reach farther than, I guess, I don't want to say anticipated because I always hope that they all reach really far, but farther than they started. We'll put it that way. Um, I had a student last year who did not pass 
uh, 9A. And I was sending these messages of, of how important English is and how it's a puzzle piece that you need uh, and moving forward with that. English in general, there are eight semesters of English. So if you miss English 9A or 9B, you are guaranteed to have to double up at some point in high school. So I'm constantly trying to share this message that even if you don't like me or the subject, we need to do it together. And in the 9B semester, so in the second half of the semester, the student reached out to me and she said, you're probably not very proud of me because I have a D, but I'm proud of myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like you went from a 20 something to over 60, like you are my most improved student this semester. Like nobody else raised their grade percentile 40%. Yeah. I'm amazingly proud of you. And so um, those are kind of the students that... Students that don't see growth as success and that they're worried that they didn't get the A on the paper, those are the students that I feel most happy when they feel proud about something that they've achieved. Because to me, a a D in English, if that's a hard subject for you, is a well-fought D. And that's why the state has a 60% cutoff line. Like if you get that D, you have earned that credit. And Mm -hmm. it's a puzzle piece in your thing. And you should be happy to take that puzzle piece. And if that's a challenging course for you, you should be proud of earning that puzzle piece. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I just think sometimes students get so focused on getting an A or a B. And it's it's about challenging yourself and believing in yourself and working through the hard pieces. Those are the kids that get me. You know, and I had another um, one, late literacy. I have a master's in late literacy come in and they were in grade nine and they accepted that fresh start. You know, they, they accepted that they were behind in reading, but they accepted that the school would help them. And that student is going to graduate this year and they now read well, Awesome. you know, so mm-hmm. those are my kind of two favorite kids. I love that. So. Thank you for sharing um, those stories. Cause I think that that is, One of the things that we are really trying to do here at MTCS is to provide opportunities for young people to define their own levels of success, right? To really understand who am I, how do I learn, where am I going, and what do I need from the people in my community in order to help me get there? Um, And that that is really defined by young people and the adults that love them and the communities that they are a part of, um, knowing that we have all of these other expectations within the realm of education, but how do we really, again, kind of walk alongside young people in defining what that looks like for them? Well, thank you both so much for sharing parts of yourself with us today and for your passion for supporting young people and finding an individualized path towards a successful future. You are both invaluable to our community, and I am grateful to hold space for your collective wisdom today. Thank you, listeners, for spending time with us. You, too, are invaluable members of our community, and I hope that you find an extra piece of joy and connection for your puzzle as you go throughout your day.